This week I speak with Chuck Poltz. He's a public health inspector with the North Bay Perry Sound District Health Unit. You may have heard that restaurants will start posting the results from their most recent health inspection for everybody to see. Chuck Poltz and the food we eat coming up. Monahan's North Bay, it's brought to you by the North Bay Regional Health Center Foundation's Cancer Care Close to Home campaign. Donate today, cancercareclosetohome.com. Chuck Poltz, public health inspector with the North Bay Perry Sound District Health Unit. We have some changes coming up, and that is going to be something that we've seen in other parts. You may have noticed maybe, well, the only place I've noticed, noticed it is Toronto, uh, where they post their scorecard. Right. And actually, a number of municipalities have started that throughout the province, but now it's actually become part of the regulation that uh, came into effect last July that, uh, that we have to have a disclosure system. And um, so, so we're, we're just setting it up now, and, and uh, the one for the North Bay and District, North Bay Perry Sound District Health Unit is going live next week. So all the, the places that have been inspected so far up till this year uh, you know, are not posting yet, or they won't have to post until they get their next inspection. So inspections starting, starting June 3rd are going to have to start, start to be posted. People might be interested to know that you can find out um, about restaurants uh, in the area, you can go to your website and search right. it up quite easily. Right, yeah, my myhealthunit.ca. When you go into a restaurant, uh, what are you looking for? We're looking for a number of things. I mean, we're looking for some of the obvious things, you know, like just the cleanliness and, and, and that. Is that um, a visual, though? Is that a visual thing? Yeah, yeah it's a visual. Okay. And, um, I mean, for the most part, though, that that's not what, what is going to be affecting food uh food quality, food safety. Um, the main things we're looking for are temperatures and how they handle the food, you know, temperature or temperatures and trying to prevent contamination of the food. The thing is that with any kind of foodborne illness, it doesn't happen that easily, you know. I mean, it's almost like one of those things that has to be sort of a bit of a perfect storm. You have to have the contamination there. The contamination has to, has to contain some sort of harmful pathogenic bacteria. And then it has to have time to grow has to have the right conditions to grow. So so there are always a number of steps where you can you can stop this thing from happening. Right. And so but when those things all line up perfectly, that's when you get a big outbreak. Is this a surprise if you're uh, to, for to restaurant owners or it is. is yeah, there's yeah. no appointment. Yeah, no. You and just show up one day and hi, it's it's Chuck from the health unit. Yeah. Just want to run through your kitchen real quick. Yeah, and and that's one of the uh, one of the the you know, amazing powers that the legislation gives public health inspectors is that we can walk on to anybody's premises as long as they're, you know, they're doing anything with food or open for business. We can walk in and go and do an inspection, which is, you know, more power than, than police have in some circumstances and that sort of thing. You know, if somebody, you know, doesn't want to let us onto the property, then we have to go, go and get a warrant. But we have the right to be there. Right. So that's, it's, a big, it's a big thing. So you show up with a temperature gauge, so you measure uh, actual food that's being served? Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll measure the uh, final cooking temperatures. We'll measure the storage temperatures because it's food. What, what, what if I want a steak that's rare? You're perfectly okay with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but if, you, if you're measuring a rare steak temperature, is that a, is that a, or? Well, the thing is that, that with something like a steak, you got to think about, um, you know, you, you got this piece of meat and whenever you're, you're, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will be hunters you now, so they've, they've seen, you know, meat being dressed. And, uh, and you know, the contamination, you know, there's blood and there's guts and there's, there's feces. It's on the outside of the meat. 
because the inside of the meat is relatively clean. There's Ooh. not a lot of stuff in there that, that's going to get inside of it, aside from a few parasites and things like that. But, but there's not a lot that's inside. So the inside of that piece of meat is pretty clean. It's the outside that's contaminated. So if you take that steak and you're putting it on the, the grill, then you're heat treating the parts that are, that are contaminated. So the inside of it's relatively safe. Anyway. Okay, I've never heard that before. And, and I like and, that too. Yeah, and that that that's why that's the issue that that they had with all those steaks. I don't know if you remember that a few years back. And a lot of stores do this too. I mean, they, they, it was a pretty common practice in the in the industry, uh, tenderizing them with these little micro blades, allowing kind of, kind of like rollers. Yeah, and that, yeah, and yeah, that yeah, takes yeah, yeah. the contamination from the outside and sticks it into the middle, which people aren't necessarily cooking properly. You know, and I always uh, I I enjoy uh, like you know a medium. Yeah, medium to medium well steak. But you'll go out sometimes and I'll think to myself, you know what? I don't have time to be sick. Well done. <laughs> well done. You know, just, I don't, and, and, but I'd never thought of it as uh, the inside of the steak not being. Yeah. That makes sense now. Yeah. I'm sure everybody and, knows that except for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I, 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 no, I had no idea, but that, that makes perfect, perfect sense. Yeah. And that brings to mind, I don't know if you ever read any of Anthony Bourdain's books because I'm, I'm into food as well, of yeah. course. And, uh, you know, in his first book there, Kitchen Confidential, he talks about, about saving the worst cuts of meat for the people who order their steak well done. <laughs> <laughs> he claims it was a common practice in the restaurant business. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and that, that makes matter. sense too. Yeah. Cause it doesn't matter what it is. It's every, yeah. I mean, absolutely. No, absolutely. I think that makes perfect sense too. Let's get, let's get back on to, on track here. So we were talking, uh, cooking, uh, so cooking temperature, serving temperature. Like, are you measuring temperatures of stoves and ovens? And is that, that's not? No, because we don't, we're, you know, we're not in the business of, of dealing with the equipment. Equipment, okay. Um, as long as the, the equipment's the appropriate one for the job. I mean, you'll get people trying to heat things up on, on a steam table, which doesn't get hot enough. Right, it, it's supposed to keep food hot once it already is hot. So when you're reheating foods, you have to reheat it to the original cooking temperature, and then put it into the steam table. And sometimes you'll get people, you know, thinking, "Oh, I'll just throw it in the steam table and let it heat up. I've got an hour or two. But then you've got the food at incubation temperatures for an hour or two until it gets there. You get into, uh, I'm assuming you get into the fridge. Oh yeah. Anyone Absolutely. that's seen Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's screaming and yelling at the top of his lungs, you're going to kill somebody, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, uh, so what, what happens when you get into the fridge? More temperatures? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and storage. I mean, when you get in there and things are stored incorrectly, you've got things, you know, like big bloody hunk of meat over top of some salads or, or things that, that, that are not covered up, you know, things like that. Um, so I think, I think walking coolers, and cold storage is probably the place where we throw the most food out because that, that's another one of our powers, right? Is that we can. You throw food out? We, we throw food out all the time. And so you find something that's been at, at, at an inappropriate temperature, it's in, in incubation temperature, and it's been there for a while, then it's, you know, we have the, the ability to throw it out. We don't have to, you know, make sure, send it away for testing because that's going to take days, right? Yeah. So this is perishable stuff. So if there's any doubt, we can just throw it out. Does everything have to be dated? No, and they, they don't have to be dated. It's it's a best practice, though. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that you know, if you're you're looking at it, and and if you can't, if you can't, if I can't tell what what you know what's old, what's new in there, then neither can the staff. And so it's 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 more of a quality issue, I think, than anything else when it comes to that. 
but I mean, it's it's a pretty common practice now, and it should be done everywhere if, if if possible. Is all your inspection in the kitchen, or does it include the rest of the restaurant? No, it includes the rest of our, the restaurant. Uh, we're looking at storage areas, of course. We're looking at uh, anywhere they might be storing food. We're looking at. You're not looking at cleanliness at tables, or you're not, you know, wiping down the menu to see if the menus are being clean. No, nothing like that. No. No, and, and that's part of the reason is that because we don't really have to. I mean, restaurateurs know that that if you scare people away, you're not going to make any money. Right. And, and that's why, too, I mean, the, the, the challenge we've always had is that they're willing to spend money on the front of the house. They're not willing to spend money on the back of the house because their customers don't see that. Right. And they don't always see that as, as a real, you know, real good investment. I've been in places that, you know, it was kind of like a movie set. You know, where the front of it looks great, everything <laughs> looks fine. You walk through a door and, and you're practically in a back alleyway. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, but that, that's sort of the, you know, typical of the, of the industry too. I know that, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get into a part here that I don't know if, uh, we'll, uh, if we'll air, but I know that, you know, in my own kitchen, I know an ant comes in now and then. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're looking for food, if they smell food, if they've, um, in, in a typical restaurant, you can't expect it to not have any bugs of any kind whatsoever, or is that an expectation? No, it's, it's, it's not an expectation. I mean, especially some of our areas are rural, and, um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen a place out in a rural area that didn't have a mouse occasionally. Right. Yeah. You know? But it's one thing to have, you know, the occasional mouse or the occasional ant or cockroach and to be overrun with them. So, uh, there's a, you know, I mean, there are places I, I know I've talked to heating and ventilation guys in the city of Toronto who talk about some of the big old hotels down there and tell me about the, how many cockroaches they, you know, they've got in those hotels. They'll, they'll never be clear of them. Ever. But, ever. Because they've got too many hiding places. But the thing is that you can, you know, as I've often said this too, that you can make, you can make safe food in a, in a mud hut if you had to, Right. I mean, people people make safe food camping all the time, and they don't have right. a lot of facilities, and you don't see them dying left, right, and center. But it's a lot more difficult to do it if you don't have the right conditions. So that that's you have to really make an effort. Um, so where I'm going with that is that that if you've got pests and you know it, you know you can still do things safely, but you're not going to come in in the morning and assume that this counter is clean. You know you're going to have to clean things down before you start working on it because somebody else has been running across that countertop overnight, right. and uh, you know, makes possibly, sense. Possibly running across the garbage before they ran over that countertop. And the conversation's really not done. I have more with Chuck Bolts. I put a lot of questions to this guy. Uh, we're going to include it in future Monahan's North Bay podcasts. Monahan's North Bay, it's brought to you by the North Bay Regional Health Center Foundation's Cancer Care Close to Home campaign. You can donate today at cancercareclosetohome.com. This has been Monahan's North Bay, and now you're plugged into our community. Subscribe now and listen to the next episode of Monahan's North Bay with Mike Monahan.